Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. I know that the early crowd is excited about Jesus because you are up early to come and encounter Jesus. You could be sleeping in, but you're here because you want to encounter Jesus. Well, our pastors are away taking time to go to church with their families because, you know, we get to go to our church with our families, but they come in separate cars every Sunday at different times, at different places, and their kids are at different levels. And so, we love that they get the opportunity every now and then to go and experience church as a family. Amen? And so they're out doing that today. And uh, so we are blessed and privileged with the honor to have a man that I have worked with for three years um, at the headquarters of our denomination. And uh, it's a man that I didn't know, but as I got to know him, I realized his incredible heart for Jesus and his incredible love for the ministry. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times we don't, uh, we think that, oh, yeah, that's just awesome. You're working at the international level. Listen, sometimes there's a lot more pressure and a lot more things to deal with on that level than there is on this level. Amen? Because you don't have a congregation of 250 to 300 people. You have a congregation of millions. Amen? And so, but he really has a heart for ministry. And I, every time he's spoken, I've been blown away by his depth of the word and understanding of it, and so I know he's going to bring the power, and he's spoken here before, he's not new to you, he goes to our church, and so if you would, please welcome Bishop Thompson this morning to bless us. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Woody. Wow, those are bright lights. I was wondering why Pastor Steve was squinting every Sunday. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good morning. There's one word that has been reverberating in my spirit uh, from the time that Pastor Steve uh, called and we were talking about today and he asked that question are you available on September the 16th and I looked in my calendar and sure enough I think it's the only Sunday I have to be home here until Christmas and I'm not going to be here Christmas I'm going to be in Carolina amen Lord willing but I said yes, and immediately a word dropped in my spirit. And that word is uncertainty. Uncertainty. And I got to thinking about that. And then I thought about one of my favorite verses of Scripture. Uh, I used this verse when I spoke at the GMC one of those occasions. And I'm going, to, Kim, I'm going a little different way this morning. And I'm not passing out candy this morning because on that Sunday we passed out candy. You remember, Woody, were you there that Sunday or were you out cutting grass? You think you were there? All right. So that one word, and uh, I was sitting in a plane, one of those eight-hour flights, and I got to working on that word and thinking about that word. So this morning, I've got about 11 key verses of Scripture. Now, that doesn't mean I've got 11 points. And everybody said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I've actually got two points 
but eleven verse. Oh yeah, amen. But but just uh, but eleven different verses of scripture. Now I noticed I gave uh, Pastor Steve all those eleven verses, but he only put one line in the printout. So you've got a lot of space there. So make sure you've got a pen. Make sure it works. Find you one that works if you have to go borrow one from someone because you've got to get these verses of Scripture. Now, he put as the title what I told him to put. Such an obedient servant of God. Something is coming. Something is coming. But I got to thinking about that. By the way, I move when I preach. And I uh, teach. I, I got to thinking about that. I really want to entitle this message, God is my Eloise. God is my Eloise. Now, Eloise is my Garmin, my GPS. And so I really, I really want to entitle this message, God is my Eloise. God is my Garmin. And Eloise has been sick lately. You turn her on and she wakes up 30 minutes after you turn her on. And so you need to pray for Eloise. I think I'm just about uh, decided to do away with Eloise and get me a Louise. I don't know. But open your Bibles this morning to Psalm 89. To Psalm 89. And I'm going to try to be very quick with this today because I do, it is imperative in my spirit that I give you all 11 verses of Scripture. Woody, I think these 11 verses of Scripture could change someone's life this morning. They could actually make a totally different existence with you today. And so we go to Psalm 89. Now, in telling you about Psalm 89, I've got to set the context. I've got to put the context because the context of that chapter in the book of Psalms the context is very, very important. If you can get the context of the scripture, you'll really get the message of what the answer is to uncertainty today. Now, you understand we have very little hope in our economy. Amen. You understand if you're with me, you are filled with all kinds of stress and anxiety about the coming elections. Yeah, I will vote. Yes, I voted in every election since I turned 21. Mm, some of the times I didn't do quite so well. But I will vote on November whatever the date is, 6th or whatever. But there's something in this psalm that will help you through every degree of uncertainty. And as we think about that, not only the economy, in the last 10 years, anyone that has a retirement account, 401k, 403b, IRA, all those other three-letter abbreviations, if, if you've got anything there, it's been plateaued or decreasing. And those of us that are baby boomers have now decided that we can never really retire. We have decided that we got to work forever. Woody, if we have to work forever, there's no hope for your generation. Amen. You're going to not only have to work forever, but you're going to need two jobs. Amen. So you, And I'm not full, I'm not happy with that, but that's the society that we live in. So what is the answer? Something's coming. Something's coming. Now, when you get to Psalm 89, it is the last psalm of the third division of the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms 
hymn book of the Bible. The third, the third division and the five divisions of the book of Psalms are reminded to us of the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The first five books of Moses. And first five books of the Old Testament. Now when you read the book of Psalms, you'll find that the whole book is patterned after those five divisions. For instance, uh, in Psalms, Psalms 1 through 41 are beginnings. It speaks of the beginnings of God. Psalm 42 through Psalm 73 speaks of deliverance, exodus, deliverance. Psalm 74 through Psalm 89 speaks of Leviticus or Yerikra or deep, intimate worship of God, getting into the center of God, understanding who God is. When you get to Psalm 90, Psalm 90 through Psalm 106 speaks of wandering times. It's like the book of Numbers. It's as if we're going into a period of our life. We're on a journey. It's like we're going into a period of our life where it's desert, where there's uh, seemingly no oasis, where there's no cool air, it's hot, it's dry. Where is God when I need Him? I can't find Him. And then when you get to Psalm 107 through Psalm 150, it is a recapitulation of God. It is a summary of God. It is a reminder of all God is and of all God hopes to be. So in our reading this morning, Psalm 89 is that last psalm of the worship time. It is that last psalm of uniting with God. It is that last psalm of, oh, you got it this morning. Excellent. Powerful. We connected with God this morning. Did you connect with God? I mean, it was awesome worship. Uh, what is over here shouting? I thought he was going to shout on one leg, but he didn't get quite to that level. But you, you know what I'm talking about. When we connect with God, that's, that's that Leviticus period. And Psalm 89 is the last one. But Psalm 90 is desert. Psalm 90 is wandering. And where I think we are in our society, we're just before going through perhaps the most difficult time our nation have ever experienced. I think all the prophets are saying this, that these are days ahead of us. Of I'm not talking about politics. Don't misread me this morning. But times of intense struggle. We are near the second coming of Christ. We are near, we're wrapping up this thing. We're coming to the end. The devil is at work. He's uh, on a, he's a, a challenge before him to do all the evil that he can do before we get to the end of the journey. And so God in his divine prop, how many of you know God goes ahead of us? How many of you know that God knows what we will experience? How many of you know that God is not dead? Uh, and the devil's not dead. The devil's not even sick. You understand? He's moving. He's, uh, but God in His providence in Psalm 89 gives us an expression that becomes our road map. He gives us a word that is our Eloise. He gives us a word that is our garment that leads us through a desert time. 
And I would say to you that perhaps some of you this morning, you feel like you're on the, the first step or the first mile of a desert journey. You're not really quite sure where God is in your life. And you're asking Him, God, where are you? And He doesn't seem to be answering. But let me tell you, He's already answered. He's already given you a word. He's given you an expression. He's given you hope for the future. And he does that in Psalm 89. Before you get there, God will give you a word. Before you get there, he will give you a promise. Before you enter a dry time, he's already gone before you. He knows where you are and what you're facing. And so in Psalm 89, we get this expression of God for a time of strength in the midst of desert. Now, Psalm 89 is divided in... I'm not, I'm not preaching yet. I'm, I'm not there. I'm just warming up, okay? Uh, you don't get to preaching until you feel the drops running down your backbone, okay? I, I'm not there yet. But Psalm 89 is written by a deacon. It is not written by David... It is written by a deacon. His name is Ethan. And Ethan, the deacon, the, uh, the one who moved the furniture in the church. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, the Old Testament. This deacon has lived through David. He's lived through Solomon. And now he's living in Rehoboam. He has heard the voice of God through David. He heard it and saw it in the, the half has not been told of Solomon. And now Solomon is gone and Rehoboam has come to the throne. And Rehoboam is the king that will divide all of Israel. And so the deacon comes to this song that he writes. And he comes to ask the question, where is God? Where is God? The promises he made to David. The promises that he made to Solomon. Where is God? Where is he? What can he do for me? And so he starts to sing. Now, in this psalm, the deacon will sing and then God will interrupt him and sing. And you see this all through the psalm. If you are in your Bibles, if, if it's a real good translation, it will show certain of the verses in quotes. And when it shows verses in quotes, that means that God is doing the singing at that point. So let's look at it, and I'm going to give you my 11 verses, and then you're released to go to wherever you go after the first service on Sunday morning. So look at Psalm 89. Here is the deacon. The deacon. Here is Ethan. Here is the lay person singing. He says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. And God says, hold it now. Now, you understand what Ethan is doing here? He's praising first. He's buttering God up. He's singing a song. He's praising and about verse 38, he say, okay, God, you in a good mood? Now I got something really to say to you. I, I've been praising you now, but Lord, I'm upset about some things. And so from verse 38 through verse 51, he uh, protests against God. And then he'll come back in verse 52, and he'll praise it. So I, I want to say to you, it's a little secret here, no, no charge here for this inclusion at this point, but what the, the, the writer of the song is saying, he's taking his protest and making a sandwich out of it. 
He's, he's putting two slices of bread, whole wheat I have to eat, two slices of bread, and the slices of bread are praises. And in the middle, the meat of really what he's trying to do is protest. He's really upset with God. And so he's going to praise him for a little bit. Then he's going to protest. And then he's going to come back. And in verse 52, he's going to say, Blessed be the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. So now God interrupts him. He's singing to God. And now God interrupts him. And God says, Hold it. I have made. I am at verse, what is the number? Verse 3. I have made a covenant with my chosen. Now, Ethan, I know where you are. I know the struggles you're facing. And he says, I, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David, your seed I will establish forever and build up your throne to all generations. And it, then it says, Selah. And so what God then says is now, let me sing to you. Now, you stop and think about that for a moment or two. And so Ethan does, and then he sings back to God. And the heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the saints. For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? He's still praising now, remember. He's not to the protest. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. O Lord God, now watch it now, O Jehovah God, Big L, big O, big R-D in my New King James. That means Jehovah God. Not El Shaddai, not El Olam, not the strengthener and the satisfier, the mother God that nurtures his children, not the almighty God, but Jehovah God who never slumbers, who never sleeps, who's always listening to the voice of his children. Oh Lord Jehovah God of hosts, and actually he throws in the El Olam there at the end. Who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. Your faithfulness also surrounds you. Now we miss that in the English. We don't get it in the English. And what he's saying there in the English is that the heart of God, the center of God is his faithfulness. In other words, when you cut off all the layers of God, when you pull, oh, good gracious. It's Friday night was a week ago. The queen and I were at a, no, Wednesday night was a week ago. The queen and I were at a luau. And last Sunday when I had lunch, it was between Pearl Harbor and Waikiki Beach. After we had, somebody's got to do it somebody's got to go somebody's got to do it and that was after a three hour service but with the luau they put this green thing on my plate and it was tied up with little uh, threads it looked like shoestrings to be honest with you and I had to untie that thing and shuck that thing and I had to take the outer leaf. I forget what they were called. I was concerned about what was on the inside. And I had to pull those leaves off. And then there was meshy stuff like spinach. 
all wrapped around it. And I didn't know that I was supposed to eat that part of it. And somebody slipped by and said, Bishop, if you eat the outer, you'll have more fiber. And it will bless you in many, many ways. But I, I, I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go there. And, and I didn't know I was supposed to eat the green, mushy stuff because to me that looked like spinach and I don't like spinach. And so I, I raked that stuff off and then I got to the meat on the inside. And can I tell you, I had two words of comment when I ate that meat. When I ate that meat. And those two words were, have mercy. Have mercy. I have never, ever eaten anything that tasted that good. And I didn't know it, but it had been buried in a bed in the ground of hot coals. And he had laid there for several hours. And they had this little thing of poi that we were supposed to pour on the meat. But I had had that poi before. And I didn't touch it and would, would not baptize my meat with that stuff. Because that's tough. Hallelujah. This Carolina Sooner tongue can't enjoy that. Hmm, have mercy. But here's the point I'm trying to make. To get to the good, you had to get to the center. To get to the good, you had to get to the center. And what God is trying to tell us, He's describing to us His center. He's trying to tell us His heart. He's trying to tell us the thing about Himself that He's most proud of before we get to the desert time before we get to the hard time, before we get to the place where we don't feel Him, where we don't sense Him, where we don't understand His love. God in His divine providence goes ahead of you. He knows what you'll face tomorrow. He knows what you'll face this week. All the uncertainty about a job. All the uncertainty about the future. All the uncertainty about family and about children and grandchildren. God knows all of that. And God says, I want to give you my sinner. I want to give you my center before you get there. And that's all Psalm 89 is all about. Praise, protest, and praise. And in the midst of the first praise, you find his center. And here it is. God is faithful. Something's coming. Something's coming. We don't know what it is. But God is faithful. Faithful. I cannot depend on my 403B retirement, but God is faithful. I know the doctor has diagnosed cancer, but God is faithful. I'm not sure about my children, but God is faithful. I'm not sure about my relationship with my wife, with my husband, but God is faithful. Faithful. God is trying to give you a word today. Now, let me tell you the first parts there of what I'm trying to tell you. What's coming? What's coming? And let me just live from the pages of Scripture. What's coming? And you see, we can talk, if I were to ask you, how to go to Guthrie or how to go to Moore or how to go to Norman. Many of you would give me many different directions. And I have to put it in my mind and put it in my filter to know how to get there. You will say things like, you true Sooners. You'll say things like, turn north, turn south, turn east, turn west. I can't process that. 
I can't process that. Because where I grew up, it was turn left or turn right. And this north, and I, every time somebody says go to so-and-so and turn north, I'm wanting to carry my Royal Ranger compass. Because if the sun is not up, and even if it is up, I got to watch it move a little bit. I don't know where north is. I don't know. There is no north star in the middle of the day. I got to process that. Years ago, I told a preacher how to. We had uh, six hundred preachers in two hundred and fifty churches, and I was telling this preacher how to preach at a church on Sunday. And I said, "You go to the liquor store after you cross over the bridge that they messed up, and you turn at the liquor store." And he looked at me, and he he was if if the saying holiness preachers don't. I said, "I can't help it. That's where you got to turn. You got to turn at the liquor store, and you drive and you see the big white Baptist church and turn right." And and then you drive until you see the old store falling down and turn in the yard and turn around. You've done gone too far and go back to the road where the limb is hanging over the road and turn left there, take you right to the church. And he said to me, he said, I'm a city boy. I said, okay, go to the liquor store. I can't help it, you got to go to the liquor store. And then look for the little signs that says State Road 1002. And when you see the sign 1002, go everywhere it goes. It goes right to the church and dead ends at the church. It's a little coastal community and, you know, they don't put asphalt on salt water. You understand what I'm saying? You just follow the numbers. And he got there. Now here's what God is trying to say to you. It's going to heat up. However, however, there's one little sign that will direct you to the end of the journey. He is faithful. I sat on that plane and I worked through these next verses of Scripture. I thought I was going to lose it. Right there on American Airlines number five, I thought I was going to lose it. This is powerful. This is a rhema word for some of you. Now, here's the first scripture. It is in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. For, I'm going to run through these real fast. You've got to write them down. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation. Something's coming. What is it? Temptation? No temptation has overtaken you, such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape. Something's coming. Temptation in the present, but God is faithful. He will not, hear me, He will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you're able, but will with the temptation Make a way to escape. Something's coming. Is it sin? Is it the recognition of past sins? Present, we just dealt with. Past sins, 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. Ha, hallelujah. Glory to God. If we confess our sins, not to Woody, and everybody said, Amen, hallelujah, but to him, 
if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What about lost hope? Something coming. Lost hope. Hebrews 10, 23. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us, one of the 11 heads of lettuce in the book of Hebrews. You'll get that after a while. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised, for he who promised is faithful. You gotta see this. It's his center, it's his core. That's what he's wanting to tell you in this expression of worship before you hit the desert. He is faithful. What about insufficiency? Oh, Lord, I'm just not, I just can't do it. Lord, I know what you want, but I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Insufficiency. I just can't do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. He who calls you. He who makes the suggestion to you. He who puts it in your heart. He who puts it in your mind. He who calls you, who summons you, who suggests to you is faithful. He also will do it. Now, what about, we sang about faith arising, but what if we feel like we're faithless? We just can't do it. We just can't do it. In 2 Timothy 2.13. 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, and we are so much, if we are faithless, He remains faithful. He, oh, come on, I'm going to shout. Pardon me for just a moment. Woo! Hallelujah! If we are, oh, is it all right to shout like that in Oklahoma? If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He cannot, it's his core, it's his sinner. He can't help it. What about suffering? And our bishop right now is suffering so in South Carolina. And we're praying for Brother Carpenter and, and God is on the scene. And we recognize 15 years ago God gave him 15 more years. And so we must praise him. But in 1 Peter 4.19, 1 Peter 4.19, Therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God, his words not mine, Therefore, I don't understand all those verses. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful Creator. Something's coming. I've given you six possibilities. And with every one of those six possibilities, there's the word there. There's the word for the desert. Now, let me give you the three words 
of the manna that comes every morning. You see, you can read those verses and uh, whatever the situation, and it encourages me, it excites me, but here is the manna. Here is the manna that God actually supplies every morning of our lives. The first one is in Psalm 36 and 5. Psalm 36 and 5. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your mercy, O Lord, is the clouds in the heavens. And later on you will find about the gentle droppings. I don't have time for all those verses. Your mercy, O God, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Now what is he saying there? He, this is literally what he's saying. We miss it some in the English. When we're walking through the desert, we're walking in the mist, M-I-S-T, the mist of God. And not only are we walking in the mist of God, because the faithfulness of God is, oh, it's renewed every morning. The faithfulness of God is rising up and forming the clouds, and then when the clouds are full, it rains on us. That's what the psalmist, oh, since you got it. Oh, if I could reach that far, I'd, oh, can we, can, oh, glory to God, hallelujah. Psalm 36 and 5. He's saying that the faithfulness of God is the mist that we're walking in, and then when God really knows that we need to get wet, He'll just rain on us. He'll just up and rain on us. Stacy Hilliard is one of my men at the office, and Stacy's an old Marine. And when it rained this week, we were all carrying umbrellas, but not Stacy. He says a Marine never gets wet. And I asked him when we got to Swallows, what was all those spots on his jacket? He said, a Marine never uses an umbrella. I want to tell you something. When we're walking in our life, God is letting the mist. Before the, before the flood, you remember how that the earth was watered by the mist. And so God just rises in a mist around us. And God rains on us. Oh, Psalm 119.90. Psalm 119 and 90. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. Manna, manna. That God has started this thing. He cannot deny himself. And God's going to finish it up. God's going to finish it up. The endurance of God. The endurance of God. The endurance of God. The last one here in Psalm 31, not the last verse, but the last one in this section. Uh, by the way, I'm in point two. Psalm 31, 23. The manna of God. Psalm 31, 23. Oh, love the Lord. Oh, love the Lord. All you His saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. For the Lord preserves now, what, what is God saying to us? Every day, He rains on us. Every day, He rises up around us. And as we take a step or another mile, and we're leaving the lowness up into the mountains, the mist is still there. The endurance of God. The endurance of God. But God also preserves us. There's something that God, God is embalming us with His presence. God, the life of the body is the blood, but the life of the Christian for all eternity is the Spirit of God Himself. 
And God just embalms us. I didn't write that down. That's fresh bread. Come on. That's not on my notes. That God just rises up within us and saturates us. Saturates us. What, what, what if I've just come to tell you this morning? I've just come to tell you that God is your roadmap. That God is the one that would direct you every step of the way. And what He's promised to you, He will do. When I was a little boy, they started celebrating Halloween where I lived. It was Halloween. It was Monday. Uh, I was a little boy about eight years old. Nine years old, maybe. And all of a sudden, our dogs began to bark outside. I was a country boy. I had a pack of 12 beagles. Rabbit hunter, yes. Deer, yes. And our dogs uh, took off running, and Dad went and got his old long Tom 12-gay shotgun. Went out on the little stoop with a flashlight and I'm right behind him as a little boy and, and if daddy would have shot the gun it probably would have kicked him right into me I was that close I wouldn't see what was going on and daddy shined the light and the dogs had formed a circle out there in Bill Hill's cotton field and there were two bicycles laying in the road with bags all over the yard these uh, paper type bags it was before plastic bags you understand long time ago and Daddy raised that old shotgun and said, I'm going to shoot in the midst of those dogs if you don't tell me who you are. And there was a little voice that came back and said, Don't shoot, Mr. Donald. Don't shoot, Mr. Donald. And it was two of my classmates. It was Halloween night. Just another night for us. But they were trick-or-treating. And they had ridden their bicycles, rode those bicycles down the path, and they were going to knock on Miss Wilson's door, my mama, to, because it was Monday night, and they knew she had some chocolate cake left over from Sunday. Had to, because she had fed the preacher that Sunday. But they forgot about the dogs, and they didn't call and tell us they were coming. And so Daddy brought them in the house, scared to death he was. He had about shot two of our neighbor's children. And Mama gave him some cold fried chicken, gave him a piece of chocolate cake. Daddy just loved on them. And then when they went back out, the dogs had gotten into those bags of candy. And those 12 beagles had eaten all of those boys' candy. I mean, wrappers were all over the yard like it had snowed. And Daddy looked at those two boys and he said, Every time I see you at a country store, I'll buy you what you want. And until the day my daddy died, if he was in a country store with those two boys, they would come up and they would say, Mr. Donald. And daddy would say, what do you want? A piece of candy, a Coca-Cola, North Carolina, Pepsi-Cola, Mountain Dew. Those that would drink it are few, Mountain Dew. I don't remember the rest of the song. But until the day he died, if they needed anything, they got it. That's my heavenly father for you. And my heavenly father is trying to tell you, before you get to the desert, before you get to the desert, remember, I cannot deny who I am. I go to my heart's center, my heart's core, and I tell you, I tell you, I'm faithful. Now in the New Testament, here is the verse. In the New Testament, here is the verse. 
John 14, 16. I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. It is the Old Testament faithful God, all the core of that God now in the Holy Ghost who is our he walks behind us. He's our rear guard. He walks beside of us. He's our parakletos. He is ahead of us. He is our future. What am I trying to tell you? God, before we get to the desert, Psalm 90, Psalm 89, God has described to you a secret before you get there. Would you stand with me this morning? all across this place, right where you are, without moving, without breaking the Spirit of the Lord who is present, right where you are, I want you to lift a hand to Him. Come on. And some of you know what's ahead of you. Something to come. Something to... You know what is ahead of you. You know what is ahead of you. And I want you to whisper that challenge to the Lord. I want you to right where you are, I want you right now to whisper that challenge to the Lord. Lord, it's that doctor's report. Lord, it's the report of my loved one to me that hurts so deeply. Lord, it's that lost child. Lord, the boss said that my job might be discontinued and Lord, I'm just so frustrated. Whisper it to Him. Whisper it to Him. God is your GPS. Oh, God. And now I want you to declare to Him. I want you to say these words. He is faithful. He is faithful. Lord, you are my helper. You are my helper. You are my helper. I will live in victory. I will not be defeated. I will not go hungry. I will live in victory, in power, in honor and glory to you. Power, grace to you. I am a victor. You are my helper. I will be faithful because you are faithful. Lord, you cannot deny yourself. You cannot deny yourself. That's who you are, God. That's your core. That's your center. That's your center. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I stand in faith. I stand in testimony to your divine word. Mm. All by your spirit. All by your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, lift your hands to him. Go on now. Go on. Lift your hands to him. Would you just lift your hands and praise him? Come on. Come on. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I just praise you. I just praise you. 
the same yesterday, today, and forever. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. God is love. God is holy. But the heart of it, the heart of you, Jesus, you're faithful. Everything else is wrapped around your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Oh, my Father, I receive it. It's not about me. I receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, Woody. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.